2: Welcome back to yet another exciting episode of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Hidware USA, and I'm joined today by three other lovely folks. Why don't we say hi to Stephen McFadden first, because I know you're fresh off the boat.
0: I am. I, I am. It was It was quite lovely. Um, I was j- just returned from the inaugural promocations um, where we left out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida on a, a five-day adventure with distributors and suppliers and their plus ones. It was pretty awesome. So I You
2: sound a little I'm tired, so there must have been a lot of uh, activities and things to sort of... Uh, I'm actually just congested.
0: So uh, it's more of an allergy thing than a, than a sleep thing. Um, I probably got more sleep on the boat than I do in real life. So um <laughs>
3: Did you go to bed earlier? Did you stay up? Because I know when I was on my cruise, I was like so seasick that I'm like seven o'clock. It's bedtime. (laughs) It was a solid
0: it was a solid midnight. Oh, wow. So it was not I mean, we didn't close down some of the clubs and bars, which were up until two and three. But um, but we were we were up there. It was it was good. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Meg
2: Herbert, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing good. Um, the one thing I don't think I told you guys last week about the cruise that I went on the week before is one of the excursions that we went on. And I have to tell you because it's only, it's typical Meg stuff. So we went to Belize and we had done the crystal cavern tubing. So we get there. By the way, the description was like tube through main, like ancient Mayan caverns and learn history and XYZ. It's fine. They it yeah, they definitely. Well, so we get there and apparently I'm definitely pronouncing this wrong. It's called Exib- Xibalba. Basically, <laughs> basically it. it's the um, it's the name of the underworld and it's the entryway to the underworld of Mayan hell. And basically where you get in is where they sacrificed over 30,000 people Um yeah, that's where we went. And then before that happened, before we we knew all that knowledge, I had looked down and I saw this rock. And I'm like, oh, that's a neat rock. I'll take it as a souvenir. So I said, no hey.
2: wonder Meg's oh, having no. internet issues and computer issues. She freaking <laughs> stole a rock from mine.
3: hell. <laughs> Come on. So, Come to find out it
0: was a skull. <laughs>
3: Come to find out. <laughs> So while we were in a typhoon that night on the boat, it then came to me and I was like, the rock. And so we had a complete like, oh my gosh, what do we do? So we said a little prayer and we released all the souls and we threw it into the ocean. I I was like, there's no way I'm bringing that rock from hell straight home with me and cursing. It's like how every scary movie starts. So I'll have to find a picture of it and show you guys by the time this is over. But yeah. Don't show me a picture. (laughs) It was,
2: it's not the same as like taking it, Stephen. I think you're. I think you're okay seeing a picture, uh, but I just want to give a special thanks to VJ for hooking us up with a special computer today because this is the clearest Meg's been and. Uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> what a nightmare! What a nightmare! This has been. Well, we are joined today by a very special guest, Kevin Walsh, with Showdown,
1: also the current chair, if I'm not mistaken, for the PPAI board. Correct. I am, and I, I don't have any stories about my hell, so I feel like I've come in <laughs> ill prepared.
2: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It's hard to follow that act, that's for sure. It is. <laughs> what what the <laughs> of all of all the things like why is that the thing you took?
3: I because I was like I don't know I was like oh look a cool rock let me take it home give it to Addie have a cool story oh my god this is where people were sacrificed all these souls are in this rock.
2: There's probably DNA on that rock. That's probably been used to like smash skulls in or something at some Oh my point. God.
3: It's, it, it's in the ocean. It's the ocean's problem now.
2: <laughs> oh, you tossed it.
3: I tossed it. Said a prayer, uh, prayed for the souls and just chucked it over the edge of the side of the cruise ship. Well, we know
1: there's way more than 30,000 souls down there already. So you just added to
3: it. Just added to it. Yeah. yeah. That is all. Fair enough. <laughs>
1: Well,
2: Kevin, it is customary. Before we launch into the topic for today, it is customary for us to give our special guests a good three to four minutes to sort of introduce yourself, maybe how you got started in the promotional products industry and what the hell you've been up to since. So take
1: it away, sir. Absolutely. Well, I I appreciate it. Thank you, first of all, for the opportunity to be on um, this amazing podcast that you have all pulled together. I'm flattered uh, and clearly overdressed but um, <laughs> just the same, um, I'm, I'm an old man. I mean, I, I started in this business, I opened my first business in 1987, uh, and it was a uh, print and a promotional company called Primary Impressions in Lawrence, Massachusetts, for all my New, New England friends up there. And I really, I've, since that time, I've, I, I look at my career in the promotional products industry as really being in three distinct areas. Uh, the first, uh, call it 10 to 12 years, I was in the printing side of the business and uh, from primary impressions went on to run a a pretty large printer up in upstate new york called uh, new buffalo shirt factory and new buffalo uh, specialized in uh, sports licensed products and uh, concert merchandise so it was some of my most fun years in the industry uh, providing stuff like swag and merch to uh, concert tours like garth brooks and elton john and uh billy joel and they did the piano man tour so it was it was a lot of fun and I I had the opportunity, we were going through millions of t-shirts, literally millions of t-shirts. I had the opportunity to move on the supply side. So I actually moved to a company called VF Corp in 1987, which at the time had a uh, a facility in Martinsville, Virginia. If you're old enough in the industry, you remember the brand Bassett Walker. Uh, But Bassett Walker actually had a brand called Lee Printwear, and the Lee branded uh, apparel uh, was very popular around the country at the time, and uh, I moved into that Uh, First as the Northeast uh, sales manager and then ultimately as the VP of sales when I uh, relocated to Martinsville and Greensboro, North Carolina. I was with VF for heck almost 15 years, working first in their knitwear division, then onto their workwear division. If you know Red Cap and uh, Horace Small and all their uniform sides.
0: That's the first company I, rec- I recognize that you said. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think we'll <we're> come in <laughs> at different ages for everybody. Thank you, Stephen.
3: Oh, I was like
0: you know? bingo! I got one finally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Redcap,
3: they're all under VF Workwear still, so. Correct,
1: yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, and this was a, a coalition within VF called VF Imagewear at the time, and they had all the Workwear brands. Uh, and then uh, I uh, ended up my career at VF at the Wrangler Jeans and Shirts as uh, their VP of Retail uh, Marketing. And that's when I got found by uh, a gentleman named Ed Flaherty, who was had this little tiny company up in Buffalo, excuse me, in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Called Showdown Displays, and at the time it was pretty small. I'd say it was probably about eighteen million dollars at the time, and he saw my background of on the print side as well on the promotional side, and um, recruited me pretty hard, and I moved my family from North Carolina, if you can believe it, to Minneapolis, Minnesota, in two thousand and eleven. We've been here since, and um, you know Showdown is uh, nearly ten times that size now. So it's um, it's been a it's been a heck of a journey. How are the winters though? Awful. <laughs> uh, I, I, I joke about this because I was born in New Hampshire, so I'm not a, not a stranger to the cold whatsoever. And I went to school at Syracuse and then lived in Buffalo for New Buffalo Shirt Factory. So I've, I've done my share of time in the, uh, the tier, especially the, the upper tier of um, upstate New York. But the winters here in Minneapolis uh, are tough. And I always joke that the, the snow that falls at Halloween is the snow that melts at Mother's Day. And uh, for those people wow. who live here know exactly what I'm talking about. It's not like it, it yeah. snows and melts and snows and melts. It just stays once it gets here. Wow.
3: I, think, I think that's what how it's like up in Maine. I just bought a house up there, Kevin, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm only going to probably go in the summers because I don't do winters like that. And it's, <laughs> it's, is it worse in New Hampshire or do you think it worse in Minneapolis? because we're right well, by the worst, New Hampshire. I'd
1: yeah. say the worst winters I ever experienced were Syracuse. Uh, off the lake, it was it was pretty nasty. I lived on the coast of New Hampshire, so we had this uh, very, I like to call it a large refrigerator out there. So it, the temperature of the ocean didn't allow a lot of snow to fall where we were at, but uh, Buffalo and Syracuse Lots of
0: snow. Okay. Well, good news is, Kevin, you're two weeks away from Mother's Day, so,
3: <laughs> and I
1: could show you a picture right now. There is no snow, so we're two weeks ahead of time. Nice,
3: nice. <laughs> very nice, <laughs> very cool. All
2: right. Well, thank you for the introduction. Uh, definitely nice to to get to know you a little bit. So, our topic for today we wanted we want to talk NALC, which is the Stephen,
0: the North. Pacific, Atlantic, Caribbean, uh, and... The North
2: American Leadership Conference by PPAI. It is an event that is coming up June 4th. And uh, we're also going to talk about LEAD a little bit, because um,
0: originally when PPA sent out the- Education and Action day. day. Hey,
2: you got that one. Day. All right. <laughs> um, so look, uh, originally when PPA I sent out the email marketing for NALC and LEAD, it almost sounded like they were coinciding, like the participants from NALC would then end NALC by doing lead, which had never happened before, and that may have just been my, you know, my error in reading it, because I know now that they are standalone events, and uh, I've actually signed up for lead again. This will be the first in-person lead that we've done in four years. I want to say three wow. or four years. It's been a minute. Yeah.
3: I, Jeff, are you able to sign up for it if you're not on a region, or do they only want the regional members to be? Yeah, or, yeah. Whatever you know what I mean, like the board members? I got an, who, an invite. Did you? Yeah.
2: You don't. You don't have yeah. to be.
3: I think I got an invite, too. Sorry. Yeah, any, any member of
1: the association is welcome to participate. Uh, you don't need to be part of the regionals, although that's also welcome. What they are looking for is as is, is much representation as we can get across the country so that when we're scheduling the, the uh, visits with the Congress uh, people and the senators, there's an opportunity for each voice to be heard.
2: I will say signing up for lead this year, I'm I'm a little uh I was, I was a little curious how it was gonna work for me because in years past when I had gone, I lived in Maryland, my company was in Maryland, so I had always gone with CPPA and was going to see the um the the legislators for you know the state of Maryland. And uh in 2020 we moved to Pennsylvania. My company's still in Maryland, but I wasn't sure how that was going to work if they were going to put me with like the Papa folks and I was going to go visit the, the Pennsylvania delegation or if I was going to stick with Maryland, they kept me in Maryland. Um, so I guess there's more of a, you know, a precedence on where the, the company that you work for is.
1: Yeah. As, as, um, because of the way the association memberships work it's typically by the business. So whether it's a distributor or a supplier, wherever they're headquartered, uh, for example, I live in Blaine, Minnesota, but our headquarters is in Brooklyn Center. Those are two different uh, representatives, uh, but we always um, petition the, the, the Brooklyn Center Senator because we employ, um, you know, a little bit more than 400 people there. So that has a lot of influence, obviously. Sure hundred percent. So, so
0: do we want to, as I was gonna say, do we want to kind of tell people a little bit about what those weeks are just so um, yeah, I know yeah. we're pretty familiar with them um, in some capacity, but it might be good to set the
1: stage. Sure. Where do you want to, you want to start with NALC or? Leave? Yeah, yeah let's, let's go better. there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let me just back up for a minute, Jeff, and say you're, you're correct. They're two separate events, um, but uh, a change in schedule has allowed us to co-locate those events so historically NALC took place in August and uh, through some survey of uh, attendees we found that that was not necessarily the best time for everyone to attend with all the other activities that are going on so this is the first time NALC has been located in June and because it was located in June that's typically when we do our our lead uh, event So this is an opportunity now, not only to have the North American Leadership Conference earlier in the year and at a, a softer part in the industry schedule so more people can attend. But to your point, if you attend the NALC and you would like to stay on for an additional day and participate in LEAD, that was one of the options that has been made Ooh. that previously we're, we weren't able to do that. Um, gotcha. And That's I'm really Yeah, it really is exciting this year because we're having it um, in uh, Washington, D.C., NALC is typically in some sort of uh, uh, resorty area, so I I don't necessarily think of Washington as a resorty area, but it is the hub of influence for the United States, so the opportunity to be there gave us an opportunity to really build a whole agenda and conference around that experience. So... We actually start that whole event with an evening at the Spy Museum in Washington, DC, where everyone will get to opportunity to network with one another and, and uh, get reacquainted with friends that we've known for years and years. And then the agendas really built a lot around where we are located with Bob Woodward, uh, the the famous writer and uh, reporter from the Watergate Um uh, scandal is the keynote speaker on the first day of the event. So I'm, I'm really excited to hear that whole story, right?
3: Yeah, that's really cool. That's, that's really cool to be like, I don't know. That's good. That's good. That's cool. <laughs> Sorry. I was wondering. No, that's all right. I mean,
1: we, we, we built a, uh, an, an incredible agenda around that, not just, um, from a, a DC standpoint, but also ways to help, uh, leaders be able to get more rounded about their business. In fact, uh, uh, myself and our VP of uh, customer success, a gentleman named Jim Thompson, are actually uh, presenting a uh, uh, whole uh, segment on what we call EX equals CX squared. And essentially, um, most industries and businesses try to focus on the customer experience and try to enhance that to delight customers. Um, at Showdown, we spend more time really working on the employee engagement and the employee experience because it's been our experience if you can get the engagement with your employees the customer experience is multiplied by at least double and that's how you end up with ex equals cx squared so that's just one of the components there's things on sustainability there's things on how do we manage our way out of china Um, elements like uh, private equity which is really uh Increased its density in our marketplace over the last uh, two to three years, and and really around the whole idea of globalization, not just from a, a sourcing standpoint, but also as a distributor trying to cater to more of their businesses in not just North America, but around the globe. Wow!
3: So who who all is invited? Because I know I've gotten a couple emails, um, but like who who are they targeting really for NALC?
1: So it's a great question. Uh, typically, it's targeted at uh, C-suite. Uh, level uh, distributors and uh, participants at a distributor or supplier level. Uh, There are senior uh, salespeople there. There are senior operations people there, but primarily you'll find presidents, CEOs, um, COOs, CFOs, um, and and really having moved this now, the reaction has been overwhelming. We currently have a waiting list to participate at NALC, and we're excited that uh, this could be um, one of the most or best attended NALCs in years.
3: That's amazing. Sure. I, and I am like looking at the list of speakers. And I, I remember the first women's leadership conference that I went to, Joanne was a speaker. And I think the biggest thing I took away from that w- was was from her speech. And she was really trying to drive home the fact that you need to invest in yourself. So uh, I'm excited for everyone that's going, that gets to listen to Joanne. And then um, I see some other faces. I see yours. Um yeah. Uh, there's some couple Josh's in there, and then I don't know Diane Porter, who I absolutely love from Sage sure. Dale yep. and everybody. So I think there's gonna be a really good lineup um, of speakers here, and I think that's always um, what people look at first. They look at the speakers and they look at the uh, the location.
1: I, I would agree with that, and I really believe that what we've tried to do with NALC over the past 10 years, but specifically on this agenda and conference, is Um, So much of our efforts as leaders is working in our business and helping our teams to grow and advance. What NALC offers is leaders an opportunity to work on their business and on themselves to help their business. and Being able to uh, try to take yourself out of your day-to-day role, and then be able to uh, interact and network with industry colleagues, and share challenges and opportunities that we're all experiencing, and find ways to solve those together, I think is one of the coolest things about NALC. And and frankly, one of the coolest things about our industry is that we're all willing to try to work together for the betterment of the industry. Sure.
3: That's that's awesome. Now, I was um, at your, your session especially, or any other sessions, I know right now, one of the things that we're seeing um, across the industry is a lack of company culture or the loss of company culture, does your session ta- uh, tackle that at all, or any other any other speakers talking about that? Because I really feel like we're all dealing with it after COVID, and then when there's a lot of these um, acquisitions, that's the first thing that goes. Yeah. So, if if the audience and the target is the C suites, then that's something that definitely should be should be addressed while during the, during the well,
1: it, it it's certainly the uh, I would call the nucleus of the presentation that Jim and I will be presenting. Um, we've gone through a lot in the last four years. I mean, COVID has redefined how businesses get run and in many ways we've been slingshot into the future and not necessarily been prepared to how to, how to deal with that. And I, I don't know that we're going to be able to solve that for everyone here, but I do think uh, taking a segment of this and focusing on how you build your culture in your business is one of the most important things a leader can do. Uh, I always joke, that you, you can't put a foosball in a lunchroom and call it culture. I, I mean, there's there's much more to that than just having a game that people can play. And we spend a, an inordinate amount of time at Showdown in trying to create an environment that our employees want to come to work in and then thrive and grow. And as a result of that, that cascades out into what we do each and every day with our, our clients. And um, if you're not working on your culture these days, then obviously, Um, not obviously, then I would anticipate your business is not going to be as successful in the future. And what's really been difficult now is when everyone was in the building, you could treat everyone essentially the same or provide these same accoutrements. As you have, some people are hybrids, some people are remote, some people are always in uh, in the building. You need to come up with more flexibility in order to provide those same types of uh, perks and or uh, uh, recognition to individuals that is appropriate for where they are um, located in the building or outside of the building. Gotcha.
2: <laughs> Any other questions regarding NALC from either one of you guys?
3: Steven, you look like you had a question. Sorry. No, I mean, I, I, it's
0: it's great to hear about it. I've never attended um, and uh, it's something I, I will get to. Um, obviously if there's a wait list already and with my s- schedule this year, it seems crazy. I, I'd say one of the wins um, just hearing you all adjust schedules, you know, based on the demand, adding that as a plus one day, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are thanking you for that because having to travel to two different places, two different times of the year, you have the buffer day of travel before and after. I mean, yeah. it, traveling this year uh, compared to most seems like a lot. Um, so, so that's a super smart way to get more people involved and. In, in, multiple events at one time, which I think is a huge win for you, you all. And hopefully you'll see that in the participation. And the I was going to ask, out.
2: Kevin, do you do you have any of the data as far as how many people are attending NALC that are staying over to
1: participate in LEAD?
0: Um, I, I
2: do
1: have that number, at least as it uh, stands today. Uh, there's roughly 30 of uh, the participants wow. in NALC would, that will be uh, staying that extra day. And then there's uh, another contingent of people coming in just for uh, LEED. So I'm, I'm really excited by the, the carryover because that is a, a fairly significant percentage of those attendees.
2: Yeah, that's actually more than I thought it would be because most of it, because you're saying, you know, NALC is mostly C, C, uh, the C-suite people. So I wouldn't expect, because in my experience with going to Lead, sure. it hasn't been a lot of, of those folks that are participating in LEED. But that's really good that they would be there and they would carry over. It really is.
1: Very excited about it. Anecdotally, with Showdown, um, our CEO, John Berman, will be coming in for NALC. And he's not previously participated in LEED, but he's staying on. Um, So again, it's great to have all the participants, but it is uh, influential when we get into some of these offices, if we have CEOs and presidents that are leading companies. Um, because it will hold some weight with those senators and congress uh, con- congress people excuse me
0: to um to kind of piggyback and to keep going because i know we don't have too much more time do you want to kind of give uh, a little bit of info on lead and what, what kind of the expectations are for that day
1: I, I would love to actually this this will be the first time I've ever been able to participate in lead in person actually I've done this twice very much like we're holding this meeting here today and uh, while that has some impact it is a little harder to really know how influential you were as you as you leave because the the screen turns off and you don't know what you're on to next um, I, have a number of people who are on our, our Midwest team that have done it in person before, and they have me very amped up to be able to participate and walk the halls of Congress and feel like you're making a difference. Um, but essentially what happens is uh, the, the PPAI has a um, uh, a group that's stationed in Washington that does uh, interaction and government relations for us year-round all the time. Mm-hmm. And and they're lobbying on behalf of the association and its members on mm-hmm. some key aspects, things like, um, uh, well, it could be the COOL Online Act, which is very uh, 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 present right now, or you could get into the PRO Act, where I know there's a lot of uh, concerns about independent contractors having to become employees in our industry. So those are some of the uh, uh, efforts that are underway on an ongoing basis. So what we then do is we break up into smaller groups with pre-scheduled appointments. So that group takes care of scheduling appointments with um, the representatives and senators around the country. Then your the schedules put together, and then you travel to those uh, appointments together. We take a short period at the very beginning of the presentation and, and do a, uh, I'm going to call it a uh, elevator pitch on the industry and the importance of promotional products and and more than not there's usually one or two that's right there on the uh, desk when we're speaking with whether it's a logo mug or pen uh, and then we take some time to uh, talk about the size of the industry and the number of its members and then finally the two or three different uh, bills that may be uh, underway that could be influenced by these representatives or senators at the time and ask for their support it's really a, it's a exciting, exciting time.
3: Yeah. I, I've
1: I'm, always really enjoyed it. The times that I've done it, I
2: did it, you know. I think three or four years leading up to COVID. And then I did it two years during COVID and on the virtual side of things. And it just, I didn't, I didn't feel like it had that same impact. So I, I think the last year, I think I, I ducked out of it or something, but
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was really hard to do it remote. I, I do believe that the, um, our representatives preferred that because it could be much more time efficient, uh, clicking in and clicking out. Um, But I also don't think we get the same mind share that we would have had if we were present. So I am really looking forward to this.
3: Now, are they still taking people? Do you know, is there a link that we could share or are they still accepting applications for people to join LEAD?
1: I I believe you can still join LEAD. I did not check that this morning, but um, uh, there is a uh, element on the PPAI website which would bring you to LEAD. I know the initial groups have been set up, so depending on the size of that particular region, would depend on whether or not you can still join.
3: Okay, that's awesome. Now, are there any like, is there a goal for like a a goal to uh, that you guys have? Uh, I'm I'm trying to remember what it was like when I went, but it was, I was, gosh, it was so long ago when I did go, and I know you guys had a ton of webinars leading up to it. really hands on with the people that are going, because I know you wanted to arm all of the salespeople or all of the, I guess, people like me that were going in to talk to the um, the senators and constituents, everybody. So I think, um, I don't know, I, I really wish I could share more of my experience. But I think I was still so new in the industry that I was very nervous. And I kind of sat back a lot. And I, I kind of sat and watched. And I was, really blown away but you're right i think just being there and being part of that movement and being able to talk to these people and knowing that you're making a difference for our industry is, is really inspiring and i hope i can i have a chance to do it again
1: well i i believe our goal is to have uh in excess of 75 direct interactions Okay. Um, now we always schedule more than that because last things. I'm up with uh, senators and, and representatives. So some things get canceled off of the schedule. But um, if we can have 75 quality interactions with our, our representatives and senators around the country, then we would have had a, a very, very positive day. And to your point, Meg, I, uh, for any of those people who are, like, I'm, I'm scared, I don't know what whether I should do that. I was a first-time lead person just three years ago and uh, chris Bucci has been he was just awesome to kind of take you along so there's always a veteran there to kind of show you the ropes and then one day you'll find out you're the veteran and you're bringing other groups along behind you so that again back to the collaboration of our industry expect that in your lead participation as well
3: yeah I'm trying to remember who I was with, but yes, he was definitely a veteran. And I felt a lot more comfortable being with him just Mm -hmm. walking around because I'm like, he knows what he's talking about. I'm just going (laughs) to listen. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to learn.
2: Unfortunately, I think I'm the veteran in my group this year.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. No, I think that's actually good, Jeff. You are very intelligent when it comes to this stuff and you know what you're talking about and you're passionate about it. So, I think you would be the right person to go in in front of these people. So,
2: thank you. I, so, I do have the, uh, the ppai.org forward slash events website sort of scrolling uh, on the bottom of the banner. And if you are interested in signing up for LEAD, uh, I had Maurice Norris's email address uh, down there as well. And here it is again, uh, mauricen at ppai.org. Unfortunately, this episode is pre recorded and it's not going live until May 17th. So, hopefully, by then it's still not too late. Um, but yeah, uh it definitely if it's not uh check with Maurice and if it is too late, uh definitely don't miss the boat next year for sure. Still There's, email uh, him
0: for information yeah, <laughs> there you <yeah>. go. <laughs>
2: Um, yeah I'll be honest some of the best stuff that I've received in this industry has been from LEED Um, like they give a lot like a little black book full of statistics Mm -hmm. that you can sort of brush up on uh, your industry uh, nerdy news Um, you know I always bring up the fact that we're a 97% small business uh, in this industry and you know it it breaks down by state you know how many many distributors are there how many manufacturing jobs are there all this other stuff in this little black book it's an incredible resource and it is available online as well you can actually probably just google ppai little black book um but really really good information and um we actually kevin to your point like making that connection and that impact you know when you're there in person they actually ppai and in the past has always given us like Swag, if you will, to give to the to people to leave behind, uh, so that they know exactly what our stuff is. And it's amazing because you go into their offices and you see all this different stuff. It's not just the stuff that we've given them. I mean, they're actually participating in our industry quite a bit. So it's easy to point out to them
1: who we are, and then they it clicks and they get it. You can't do that virtually. No, you're absolutely right. Our industry is so tactile. I mean, you you that that's. A promotional products association. I mean, it's in our in our name, so having that uh, connection and that ability to transfer that story to these influential individuals is critical for us to continue to re- represent the association and our members, but also to to validate the value of promotional products in everyone's everyday life. For also- sure.
3: I also think it's incredibly genius um, and perfect timing to do it. I know we talked about this earlier, but just thinking about it, right after NALC, when I ever, whenever I leave one of these conferences um, or have to listen, listen to a keynote, I feel so inspired, like ready to go out and like make change and do all this. So you are having this a keynote speaker and all these brilliant sessions. These people are going to leave and they'll go right and kind of talk to the people that are gonna make the difference and make those changes. Um, I just love that. I love that they're, they're gonna leave so inspired and then it's like, you know, right after that. So they're not gonna lose any of that momentum. Um, I just like that, that's awesome. No, yeah, that's pretty valuable. You're <laughs> spot on.
1: You're yeah. spot on. You, you get all that information and yeah. you get all jacked up about what's going on, all the good that, that's going on with the association and then be able to walk down the street and convey that to the people who can make a difference. I think that's a that's a huge opportunity.
3: Hundred
1: percent. So yeah. Yeah. Kudos to PPAI and the yeah. board for, for scheduling that that way. Sweet that's really up. good. Well, I I have to uh, shout out to the staff. Uh, Ann Stone has done a phenomenal job. Uh, yep. Yeah. Maurice uh, re- reports into uh, Anne does a wonderful job there, uh, and uh, Shannon Johnson handles a lot of the association like setup for hotels and all that. So the staff at PPAI is really really put forth uh, not just their best effort but uh, an effort that's timely as Meg, brought out so that we can then leverage that right into this lead event and of course later on that month june's a packed month we got women's leadership council right here in um, minneapolis so we're very excited about that Um, june's coming fast absolutely
2: any other questions for kevin meg steven
3: no (laughs) nothing else
2: (laughs) kevin any questions for us
1: can we expect snow in June there will be no snow in June I can I'm, I'm not gonna guarantee it but I'm gonna a high probability for sure uh, any questions for you I I would say um, if I had one it would be how is the association treating you
3: yeah. interesting. Well, We're not the redheaded stepchildren, I think, or maybe we are. No, I'm just kidding. No, they, um, the association, whenever we ask them to, like, be a part of our show because we need the news, we need whatever, they are so quick to just be like, yes, how can we help? So I I would say 100% they've been very supportive of us and and our needs and looking for topics and data. Um, Same with ASI. We haven't really hit many roadblocks, I would feel like, with our guests and, and people wanting to help and provide knowledge and... that's
2: great i I mean i i I think the relationship's been good like you said anytime that we've needed something we've been able to get it uh anytime that we've wanted somebody to come on as a guest we've been able to get it um you know i I have maybe in some of the publications like if somebody's been on i haven't really seen any follow-up or it being posted in publications but i don't necessarily think that (laughs) that is on anybody in particular we'll get on Um, josh I don't, I don't know how any of that works. So maybe that's on us. Maybe we're supposed to be pushing that stuff. I don't know.
1: <laughs> that's good to know. We can make sure that uh, we do some more promotion.
2: <laughs> All right. Bad. I like yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Very good. Stephen. what about you?
0: Um, I mean, from the uh, show perspective, I, I think that we've, we have everything. It's been from a personal perspective, I think there's been a lot of transparency, which I think has been nice. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of had to, uh, you know, I've, I've gotten myself involved in a lot of things where I've had that opportunity and I even got to go down to the PBA office in, in Texas. So, um, you know, just to see, you know, put names, you know, with faces and yeah. buildings with, with the names of the company, you know, it makes a whole lot more sense. Uh, but just learning a lot about, you know, what the past few years were like, you know, and it it's it wasn't unique for for PPAI like it was, in some industries right so um there's been a lot of transparency with a lot of that communication and and knowing um whatever has been through and then also kind of working together with figuring out like all right well what do we what do, what do we need to do for the future and what are some of the things that i'm working on and i'm like i need a tool for this like okay like let's figure out how to make you a tool for that or you can help make that tool right so um so it's been, it's been pretty good. I, I think that there's a lot of um, optimism for the future, for sure.
1: Well, I'm excited to hear about that. And I'm, I'm very optimistic. Uh, I just came from the, the springboard meeting. We just got done in Colorado Springs on Friday. A lot of exciting things coming uh, members' way, not the least of which is the relaunch of ppai.org in mid-July. So stay tuned for that.
3: Oh, Nice. Mm, (laughs) Hmm.
1: Get a little bit of scoop, some inside
0: stuff here. That's
2: awesome.
3: If you stay for the end of the show, then you get to know that. (laughs) (laughs) We'll
1: find out how many people do, right?
0: (laughs) We'll have to put a caption on it like they do on the TikToks. Just wait Wait for the end.
3: I'll do that.
0: You won't believe the ending. All
2: right, guys. Well, look, I've had fun. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. And uh, I'm glad to hear that there's no snow outside.
1: (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm again, flattered for the uh, opportunity to participate. You guys are doing a phenomenal job on this. And uh, thank you for letting us share a little bit about NALC and Lead. Maybe even a tweak about WLC too. Yeah. Uh, really yeah. appreciate the time together. It's always great to see your faces. Oh, you too, Kevin. Thank, thank you. you.
2: Yep. And looking forward to, uh, to
1: seeing you in DC. You got it. All right. Just Take care, guys. Until next time. Bye-bye now.